Good morning and welcome to worship. It's good to be with you. I'm Jim and I serve as a pastor here at Schweitzer. It is uh, so good to be with you. I'm imagining your faces out there today. It's so good to gather as a church, even as a distance. We know there's many of you we haven't met yet, and we want you to know that you're welcome here. This morning, we can all check in and connect at sumc.co slash hello. This morning, we're looking forward to beginning a new sermon series we're calling simply The Goodness of God. We're looking forward to exploring the scripture through the 23rd South. God has a message for all of us today. It's going to be awesome. Today, I invite us to engage. There's a chat feature on your screen. Say hello to your friends. And also, we'd love to pray with you. We have people that are available to pray. So send a prayer request our way. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Let's worship God. Let's celebrate God and life together. Come now, fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise mine Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus saw me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious Thy grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to Thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for Thy courts above. Now we come to a really special time in the life of the church and families. And it's my privilege today to introduce to you this beautiful family. The uh, mom and grandma today are going to be received into a membership. And then Josie is going to be baptized. So we'll celebrate membership, receiving new members, as well as the sacrament of baptism. And over here we have uh, Chelsea, uh, Josie's sister. 
Angela, the mother, and Josie, the grandmother. So yeah, what a beautiful family. And so we'll begin with the uh, with a membership for the adults. And so I have a couple questions for you. Will you actively live out your faith through your prayers, your presence, your gifts, service, and witness here at Schweitzer? Okay, and do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as Lord? Yes. All right. And Angela, for Josie, I ask you, will you, will you uh, lead her in the faith and, and nurture her through her participation in Christ's Holy Church and with the power of the Holy Spirit? We pray that one day she will profess her faith as well. Will you do that? Yes, I will. All right. Okay, well, we're really excited to receive you into membership. And now we're going to baptize Josie. And so we're going to pray over the water. All right. Can we do that? All right. Let's do that. So Holy God, pour out your Holy Spirit on this gift of water and cover Josie and this beautiful family with your grace and bless them. Amen. All right. And Josie, here comes the water. <laughs> Josie, uh, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit work within you that one day you will be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And now Schweitzer, I ask you, will, will you care and nurture this family so they will grow in love of God and neighbor and all that they do? And if you will do that, please say, we will. Okay, I heard you, I heard you. Okay, good, I'm glad, I'm glad that we had a we will. All right, well, this is a beautiful moment. Again, thank you so much for being a part of this church, Christ's Holy Church. And Josie, yeah, what a great day for you. God bless you. And now let's continue praying together and let's be specific about our lives. God continues to send gifts into our lives, even in these times. So I invite you to think about how it is that God is uh, blessing you. And it may be in unique ways through perhaps more patience or kindness. And for me, I'm sensing a different pace in life, a more unhurried life. And so let's continue to thank God in this town, how he continues to, uh, to bless us and send new gifts. Let's pray together. Holy God, we thank you for the gifts that you continue to send us. We praise you, we adore you. And God, we do confess that we are missing aspects of life and yet you continue to work and you are good. And so we're thankful. God, we just pray that you continue to shape us and mold us into who you want us to be so that we can glorify you and all that we do. And God, we thank you for who you are and how you work in our lives and in this church and in the world. And now I invite us to uh, pray together 
the Lord's Prayer as led today by members of our First Impressions team. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we come to this time of offering, we respond to God's generosity and grace in our life. We give back to God out of all that God has given to us. We invest in the kingdom of God. We invest in changing lives and restoring lives. We appreciate your gifts and tithes that make such a difference, coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit, that are changing this earth, this kingdom of God here, here in, on this campus at Schweitzer, throughout the Ozarks, and around the world. Jesus, you're my open 
Then I cannot stand or fall on you Oh Jesus, you're my hope instead Lord, I need you Oh, I need you Every hour I need you By one defense, my righteousness Each week this year, we've been telling stories. We've been telling stories of how God is impacting lives, transforming lives. God is present in lives here at Schweitzer, people connected to Schweitzer. And so today we have a story from a, a young guy who uh, was going to impact the world with Christ, Matt Kellerstrass. We know him as Matty K. Let's watch. Yeah, I've been going to Schweitzer my entire life, and I've been really involved in the youth group, and I was always in Sunday school and stuff, so I hopped on like all the mission trips and all like the retreats and stuff, so I've been trying to get as involved as I could. Yeah, well, I've been going to church my entire life. I have a very amazing family, but my family never really pushed Christianity on me. I've always been able to make my own decisions, and I never really understood that I could have my own faith until around seventh grade when I went on my first uh, church retreat with the youth group. And they really taught you what it was to like, I don't know, kind of have a relationship with Jesus. And uh, one of the most amazing guys shared his testimony. And the way he explained it was that he heard God through uh, like kind of his conscience. and. The way that he explained it, I don't know, it's just, I had like a very similar experience to that. And what I realized is, I've had faith my entire life. I just really didn't know that it was faith. So up until my junior year of high school, I've wanted to be like a professional baseball player. And it's pretty much been my entire life. I've been playing forever. But in December of 2018, I got UCL surgery. And that really hit hard because I didn't get to play the most important baseball season of my like high school career where we're supposed to get like scouted and stuff. And through that, I was like, baseball is not the most important thing in my life. This isn't my true passion. Like my passion is God. And pretty much when that happened, I realized that I was really, really passionate about doing ministry and I was just I realized that baseball was just like a, a platform for doing ministry. So moving forward from that, I'm still gonna keep playing baseball because, I mean, I didn't get to play my junior or senior year in high school, but I committed to play at the University of Evangel and I'm going to major in intercultural studies. And hopefully that ends up 
uh, meaning that I get to do like missionary work like overseas and just meet a ton of people and try to make as big of an impact as possible because this whole ministry thing has just been on my heart for a really long time. I don't know what God's plan for me is, but I know it's big. My name is Matthew Kellerstrauss, and this is just the beginning of my story. Hey everyone, welcome this morning. My name is Spencer. I'm the pastor here. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in uh, Psalm 23. It's so good to, to join together uh, today, wherever you're watching from, from Springfield, or we're getting uh, people watching from, from other states. And so I'm so excited to share uh, this together with you today. We're going to start a new series. Um, we're going to call the series three weeks. We're calling it the, the Goodness of God. And for three weeks, we're going to talk about exactly that. We're going to talk about the goodness of God. And we're going to look at this uh, through the lens of probably the most famous passage in the Bible, and that's Psalm 23. You, you definitely don't need to be uh, somebody who's like a Bible scholar to know Psalm 23. I think pretty much everyone has heard Psalm 23 at some point in their life. If you've ever been to a funeral, you've heard Psalm 23, which is a bit unfortunate because you know every funeral we, we always read Psalm 23, and so we start to think maybe that this is about death, but really what we're about to read here is, is about life and how to live within the goodness of God. And so we're gonna spend the next three Sundays talking about the, the goodness of God and uh, what it is that Psalm 23 teaches us about, about living in the goodness of God. So here we go, Psalm 23, starting in verse one. Here's how it goes. We read, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So here's Psalm 23, six verses. We're going to read the same Psalm for the next three weeks and look at three things that Psalm 23 teaches us about the goodness of God. And here's the first one that we see today is that the Lord provides for us. The Lord provides. We see God's goodness in Psalm 23 because the Lord provides. Notice some of the things that we read here. We read things like that because of who the Lord is, that we lack nothing that we are made to live in green pastures with quiet waters, that there's a table set before us, our cup overflows. We have just image after image after image about how God provides for us. This is this message that we have here. And it's all, and it's all hinged on the, on the fact, the truth, that, that the Lord provides for us because the Lord is our shepherd. And this is who He is. This is what He does. This is His character, His nature, that He um, is one who provides for us, that, that God is good because God is the one who provides for us. And of course, this is a message that we see throughout Scripture, not just in Psalm 23, but we see this over and over and over and over and over again in the Bible. Here's some examples of this. Psalm 145, for instance, says about the Lord that He satisfies the desire of every living thing. God provides for us in, in all kinds of ways. Um, Philippians chapter 4, Paul says this. He says, My God will meet, I want you to hear this word, all your needs. My God will meet all all your needs, not some, not occasionally, but he'll meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Um, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter seven, how much, 
uh, more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him. Like Jesus' message is that God wants to give to us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to take care of us. Um, Psalm 34, another example says, those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. Like we see example after example after example in the scripture about this. And I could go on with, with even more um, than, than just these few verses. In fact, let's do one more. Matthew chapter six, um, Jesus says this. Matthew chapter six, starting verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Now, now we read that verse and, and, and I know that like you and I, we hear this, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, what you'll wear, all this kind of stuff. Do not worry about your life. And we, we read this, we're like, yeah, okay, okay, Jesus, sure thing. Like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, we won't worry about our life. But, but this might be a little naive of me, but but I actually think Jesus means this when he says, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink. Like, like when I read this, I don't think Jesus is joking. I don't think Jesus is exaggerating or, or speaking in hyperbole. I, I, when I read this line, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. I, I tend to think that Jesus means this, that, that for Jesus, his followers are not going to be people who spend their energy being worried about all of the details of their life, that, that we don't obsess over, over all of the things that other people obsess over, that we don't spend all of our energy worried about our jobs and our savings and our income and our 401ks and all these kinds of things that you could be worried about. I, I tend to think that when Jesus says this, he, he actually means it, that you and I are, are called to live in a way that, that's not worrying about all the little details of our life. And, and here's why we can live like this. Let's keep reading through here. Matthew chapter 6. Here's why we can live um, free of this kind of worry. Jesus goes on, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And some of you probably need to underline that last verse, uh, verse 27. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And you need to write it down, put it on your refrigerator, because what Jesus teaches us is that, is that worry adds nothing to our life. So why spend our energy living in worry? Verse 28, Jesus keeps going. He says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I just want, I want you to catch this. Jesus teaches here, Matthew 6, that the reason we don't have to worry about our life and spend our energy worrying about our life is for a very simple truth. A very simple truth. Very simply this, that, that God is going to provide for us. That just as God provides for the flowers of the field and the birds in the air, he is going to provide for us. He's going to provide for you. He's going to provide for me because, because you are valuable to him. That's what we just read. God is going to provide for you his goodness. God is going to be good and provide for you because you are valuable to him. You are valuable to him. This is, this is the goodness of God that we see here, that you are valuable to, to him. And, and this is really what we see throughout scripture. This is the message that, 
that because of God's goodness, God provides for us, God takes care of us, God gives us what we need, and so therefore we don't have to live in this kind of worry and anxiety because, because this is the goodness that we see. This is the goodness we see in Psalm 23, that the Lord gives us what we need and so we don't lack anything. It's a goodness we see throughout the Bible. It's a goodness that Jesus speaks of, that God, that he provides for us. And even on a, on a deeper level than, than this, really what, what Jesus is getting at, what Psalm 23 is getting at in other places in the Bible is that is that the reason we can trust God for these things is because this is his character. This is, this is what God is like. So I, I don't know what kind of words you might use to describe the character and the nature of God, but, but here's one I, I think we should use. When you think about what God is like, one of the key words that we should use is this, generous. God is generous. God gives generously to us. God provides for us in generous kinds of ways. God takes care of us. God's character is generous. God loves to give. This is who he is. This is what he does. I mean, our salvation is because God gives. Think about it. God gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would have everlasting life. I mean, the the reason that we belong to, to Jesus is because God's great generosity. This is his character. This is his nature. This is who he is. Um, Dallas Willard, one of my favorite authors, he writes about the character of God, this generosity that God lives in. And I want to read to you what he writes. I just find it so helpful. Here's what Dallas Willard says. He says, God is not worried that he's going to run out of something. I just love that line. God is not worried he's going to run out of something. God is beyond rich. He is overflowing with everything that is good and everything we need. He has so much that he will never run out of any of it. And it's so very important to remember this when we are fretting over a perceived need. In such a time, we may be tempted to think that maybe, just maybe, God is as stingy and small as we are. He's not. I love that. He's not. God loves to give. God loves to forgive. God loves to just gush forth with his goodness. Nothing so delights him as giving to anyone and everyone who will receive. This is the character of God. I love that description, that God is not stingy and small like us. God is generous. God loves to provide. And this is, this is the relationship that we have with God, that God loves to give. And what he expects for us is to receive. God loves to give and he wants for us to receive. God loves to give blessing and he wants us to receive blessing. God loves to give salvation and he loves for us to receive salvation. God loves to give forgiveness and he wants us to receive forgiveness. God gives and and we receive. This is the nature of how we we relate to God. I mean, think about that verse in Ephesians that describes salvation so clearly. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight says this, for it is by grace, that is a gift. That's what the word grace means, a gift. For it is by God's gift, by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, right? This is what we're describing here. Like the whole nature of the relationship that we have with God is because he gives and then we receive. This is, this is his goodness. This is his nature. This is what God does. This is, this is how we live with him is, is, is in faith we receive what it is that God wants to give to us. It makes me think about that prayer that we pray every Sunday. It's the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and we've been praying it as Christians ever since. The prayer goes, um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then there's this line, um, give us today our daily bread. I love this. In, in the middle of the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, 
He teaches us, you, you need to be praying about the things you need God to provide for you. You need to be praying about these things. And I, and I talk to people sometimes who, who tell me that, that you know, they're, they're good to pray for other people, but for some reason they feel, they feel strange to pray about their own needs, like, like it's a selfish thing to start to pray for, for their own things that are going on in their life. But it's like Jesus teaches us to pray like this. Jesus wants us to pray like this. He wants us to name these things. I, I, I think about my own kids, like, I've got three girls and, and if they had things in their life that they needed and they wouldn't tell me about, it's like, oh my goodness, I'd bend over backwards, bend over backwards to provide it if I could. And, and, and like, if I would do that, how much more would God do this to, to those who are so valuable to him? Like, this is what Jesus teaches us. Uh, 500 years ago, Martin Luther, who was one of the major leaders of the Protestant Reformation, he had this teaching on the Lord's Prayer that I find so helpful. Um, he, he taught that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, right, our Father, art in heaven, all those lines, that what we need to do is not just pray those lines, just rote like memorization, but, but rather what we should do is we should take the different lines and then rephrase them and put them in our own words with our own needs for that day. So you think about this line, give us today our daily bread. Well, Martin Luther would teach, well, what you should do then is, is you should name your need that you have for God for that day. What is it that you need God to provide for you that day? You know, maybe it's not specifically bread. Like for myself, I have a lot of bread in my house. I have so much bread that I have bread in my freezer. Like I have frozen bread for when I run out of bread. So I don't really need God to specifically provide bread for me. And I'm fortunate in that way because I know there's a lot of people who, who aren't in that situation, but I, you know, I'm fortunate in that way. So, so what, what is it though that I need God to provide for me today? Like what are the specific things? And so maybe it's not a, a physical thing. Maybe it's an emotional thing. Maybe it's, it's wisdom to handle certain circumstances. Maybe it's guidance, maybe it's direction, maybe it's, maybe it's um, uh, patience because I'm on like day 90 with having my kids in the home. <laughs> like, I don't know, there's, there's all kinds of things, but the, the point is um, that Jesus is teaching us. He, he wants you to pray for the things that you need God to provide for because none of us are 100% self-sufficient. And, and the reason that we can pray like this, the reason we can name what it is that we need God to do is because God is good, because he wants to provide for us that this is his character, this is what he does, that he, he sees you as valuable and he wants to give into your life. And so therefore you can pray about, about the details of your life and what you need God to do for you every single day. And, and when you begin to live with this awareness that, that God is, is good like this, um, there's a certain kind of freedom that comes with this. Because as you begin to rely on the goodness of God, you, you begin to realize that I don't have to live in the same worry as everyone else. I don't have to live in the same anxiety. This is why Jesus said, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what, what you'll drink. Don't worry about your, your body, what you'll wear. Don't, don't spend your energy worrying about these things. Why? Because you have a father who sees you as valuable and he wants to provide for you. This is what Paul said as well, Philippians 4. I mean, similar, similar idea. Paul says, he said, do not be anxious about anything. Don't, don't fill your life with anxiety, he says. Instead, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, pray about these things, ask God for them, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Like this is the same idea that Jesus has, that when you begin to live with this understanding of the goodness of God, 
you are going to be living in, in, a, in a way that's not filled with the same worries and anxieties that you had before. This is the same lesson from Psalm 23. Again, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. If God, this is who God is, I, I don't live with lack in my life. And it goes on, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And this psalm goes on and on. But you see the sense of peace that we have because we are living in the goodness of God. When we begin to live in the goodness of God, there is a certain freedom that comes with this that is free of the worry and the anxiety that we would naturally fill our lives with. This is also why uh, people who live in the goodness of God and really trust God for the details of their life, for God to provide for them, these are also people who tend to be generous themselves. Like there's, there's a thing that happens that when you begin to live in the generosity of God, you also begin to be generous. You also begin to, to, to seek to give in the same way that you have received from God. This is, this, is, this is how this works, that you begin to live in this. In fact, I'm convinced that one of the markers of spiritual maturity, one of the markers of spiritual maturity is growing generosity, growing generosity. Because as you grow in generosity, you are, you are living in a way that trusts God for what you need and not just your circumstances or not just what you can provide for yourself. This is also why I believe so strongly in the practice of tithing, because tithing is, is practicing that I'm going, to, I'm going to rely on God for the things in my life and not, just, and not just what I can do for myself. And there is just a certain freedom that comes with this kind of mentality, this kind of living. It's a, it's a freedom that is above worry. It's above anxiety. It's a freedom that we find, that we find only when we, when we rest in the goodness of God and how he provides for us. Let me give you a real life example of this. A real life example, let me brag about our church for a few minutes here. Um, our church, Schweitzer, is, is, is led by, ultimately led by a group of, of church members. We call it our board. And there's, there's uh, 12 people I sit on the board with, without vote, but I get voice. And so uh, we had a board meeting a couple weeks ago and I'm just so, so incredibly proud of our board. I wanna, I, like, I wanna brag on them for a few minutes here because, because this is a group of people who understands this principle that we're talking about today, that the goodness of God, it brings freedom, that he provides for us and we can trust him. So it's been a long time you know, since we've had uh, in-person worship. And, and one of the big questions, of course, in our church and, and like every church and other organization, everyone's asking right now is, you know, what's going to happen financially? What, what does this look like uh, as we keep going, uh, but without having in-person worship? You know, Schweitzer has obligations. We've got payroll and we've got staff and we've got other obligations. Thankfully, we don't have any debt, but, you know, we have these obligations. And so our leadership board has, you know, been asking these questions and, and wrestling, wrestling through with this. And, and, uh, and we, yeah, we know that God is good. God's going to provide for us. And our congregation has been, has been generous, but we've also cut some spending in order to be you know, very responsible with, with resources that we have. Um, one of the areas that we cut spending on was the money that we spend uh, and we send to our denomination. So every month we send about $22,000 to our denomination. That's a lot of money. Every, every month we send that and it goes to pay for things that happen regionally as well as globally in the United Methodist Church. And, and the reason we cut that out of our spending was because our denomination said to us, hey, don't spend that money for three, for, for three months. Just don't spend the money. Like, keep that money yourself. A lot of churches are in hard spots. Just, just have a cushion, help cash flow, all that kind of thing. And so when our denomination said, you know, you don't have to pay those three months, we're like, yeah, we're, we're good there. Absolutely, we're, we'll stop that spending. Now, at the same time, we started to notice that there is this issue with, with hunger. And at, 
Schweitzer, we have this incredible food pantry, great volunteers. We, we bless so many people in our community, provide for so many people in our community. We're so proud of that, that ministry. It's doing really, really good work. But we also started to think beyond Springfield on this issue of hunger. And so uh, we were thinking not just you know, regionally, but, but globally. There, I don't know if you've been paying attention to some of the news, but there's some news stories that are talking about how more people might die of hunger because of the failing economy around the world than they may die of the coronavirus. Well, that really captures your attention. And so our board, we started to ask this question, is, is there something we could do about this? Obviously, we can't solve this problem, but is there something we can do about this? And I'm just so proud, so proud of the board because we started to say, is there like some organization maybe that we could partner with that could uh, assist our brothers and sisters who are in other places in the world who are really struggling in this way? And so um, last week, we sent a check for $66,000, which is basically the $22,000 for those three months. And we sent a check to the Mozambique Initiative, which partners, an organization that partners Methodist churches in Missouri with Methodist churches in Mozambique, which is in Southeast Africa. And this is a place where, where those churches are also not meeting and they have a very different financial situation than we do. And uh, so we sent this check to them. And, and I just, I'm so incredibly proud of our board because, because this is the kind of thing that you do uh, when, when you begin to trust that God is good and that God provides for you. Because, because if you live in anxiety, you don't give away money right now. Like if you're making decisions based on worry, you certainly don't say, hey, here's an extra $66,000. Let's send it to somebody else. No, no, you're like, we need it all for ourselves right now. But instead, because, because our board, our church, we understand that God is good and that God is gonna provide for us and that we can trust him with our, with our resources. We can trust him with our, with our life. We can trust him with all the details. Well, we're gonna live in generosity ourselves. We're gonna to seek to bless other people ourselves. And so I can't help but think that there's gonna be some mom or dad in Mozambique who's praying that prayer, give us today our daily bread, and they specifically need bread. And because of us, there will be some families, some many families who are given food um, and have that prayer answered. And I just, I just can't, I, I just can't overstate that and how proud I am that, that our church is able to move in this kind of way because this is the move that you do when you trust God, that God is good. You don't live in anxiety. You don't live in worry. You don't make your decisions based on, on how little we have. You see this, this abundance of what God can do and who God is, and you begin to live with greater and greater and greater generosity. Listen, our church doesn't give away money if we're anxious about the future, but we do this because we trust that God is good. And, and what I wanna do today is I, I just wanna, I wanna remind you of this truth because I, I bet you're facing some anxious situations and I just want to remind you that God is good and that God wants to provide for you in every way in your life. He wants to provide for you. Maybe it's something physical. Maybe it's, it's relationships. Maybe it's, it's your emotions. Maybe it's direction or wisdom in your life. I don't know, but God wants to provide for you. He wants this to happen. He, he wants you to name these things to him because he is good and because he, he sees you as valuable. He wants to provide for you. He is a shepherd. And because he is the shepherd, you are you don't have to live in the lack of your life that he wants to bring you to, to calm waters and, and, and green pastures. This is the, the message that we have of the scripture that God is good. So in just a moment, we're gonna, we're gonna spend some time in, to pray. And, and as we do this, I wonder if there are some specific things that maybe you and you're just in the quietness of your home that you need to name before the Lord that you need him to provide for you. That doesn't mean maybe that God's gonna provide for like that, but as you begin to trust in his goodness, that you trust in, in, in how he loves you, that you begin to trust him in the details of your life, 
He will provide. He is good. He is generous. And if you doubt this, here's the proof. He gave his only son that you might have life. The proof of God's goodness, the proof of the way that he provides for us is that he has already given us everything we need and that he gave us his son. And so today we can trust him with the details of our life. We can trust him with our eternal life. We can trust him with everything in our life because he is good. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Let's pray together. And so Lord, today uh, we claim this truth that you are good. The goodness of God, that, that you see us as valuable, that you love us and that you call us your own son and daughter. And we want to cling to this truth today this truth that you are generous and good and that you want us to receive. And so Lord, today, um, we wanna pray for our daily bread. For some of us, that might be physical, tangible things that we need you to provide. Uh, we need you to provide uh, finances. We need you to provide food. We need you to provide in these kinds of ways. For others of us, maybe it's, it's other things, but Lord, none of us are self-sufficient. None of us can figure out all the answers to our problems ourselves. Instead, we wanna look to you and trust you with the details of our life because you are good. Help us as we begin to live in this trust more and more, that we begin to find the freedom that comes with trusting you, the freedom from anxiety, the freedom from worry. And if anyone's watching today and they don't know the goodness of God in their life, and they don't know the hope that comes with, with understanding and accepting the cross for themselves, may today be a day that they can receive the life that you have for them with a simple prayer, Lord Jesus, would you forgive me my sin? Would you lead my life? And in this, Lord, as we just open our faith and our heart to you, we know, we know that you are good, that you love us, that you see us as valuable, and that you want us to trust you in absolutely everything. Lord, you are good, and we rejoice in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray.
It's been so good to join with you in worship today, and I, I hope this has been helpful for you, this truth of God's goodness, that God is, is good and He wants to provide for you in your life. We're going to continue on this series next Sunday as we continue to look at the goodness of God through Psalm 23. And if this has been helpful for you, I encourage you to share this service with your friends, your family. You can do that by texting the link or sending them a link through Facebook. Easy, easy way to share this good news message of God's goodness given for us. We can't wait to see you next week.